Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, we're 3-0 for the first time since 2005, and I've never seen anyone consume this much AFL-related content in two days. It's been out of control. Do you know what? It's always how it is, isn't it? When Melbourne's performing well, I am relentless with the AFL news consumption. I listen to every single podcast. I listen to... I read every single Herald Sun article. I listen to Robbo. You're like the the kids at school camp. Sometimes I'll come into the bedroom... And it'll be completely dark, and I can just hear the outline of Michael Gleason on some podcast <laughs> at like two AM. Or Robbo rambling on about nothing yeah. um, on on AFL three hundred and sixty. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm totally obsessed when we're up and about, mm. and then when we're you know going through uh, various dark times, of which mm. there have been many. I'm just it's a nowhere very to be sullen seen. Time. It's very yeah, yeah. sullen. It's really yeah, quite yeah, good yeah. for our marriage when the D's win. That's so, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's very helpful. But no, we're sitting third on the ladder with a percentage of one hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah. So how good are we? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I am still a bit skeptical. Maybe that's just the price of being a demon supporter for so long. I mean, I mean, GWS was so decimated by injuries. It is quite remarkable. You know, the fact at the outset, the fact that they had Flynn playing against Gorn was pretty depressing for them, I think. Yeah. And then uh, who went out? Cornelia well, went out. Cornelia went out. Davis went down. DeBoer yeah. went down. He was doing a pretty good job on Oliver. Yeah. Um, no, look, I think that I think we're pretty good. Hmm. I think that what I'm impressed by this season as opposed to seasons gone by is that, you know, we've been behind in hmm. some of these games, in the last two games in particular. Yeah. Uh, we, haven't, we didn't start well last game against the Giants. They actually started really well when their players were all still there. Hmm. Um, but we really did weather the storm pretty well. And the same against St Kilda when we were 16 points down in the second quarter. So my sort of view on it all is I think we're showing good resilience, yeah. um, particularly when we still don't really have a key forward or as in like a big key forward in the likes of Ben Brown or Sam Wiedemann. I mean, I think... McDonald didn't have a great game, um, and we still really are missing those two pillars. So, look, the forward right. line is still a little bit of a head scratcher, but I think we're actually playing pretty well, and I'm pretty impressed, particularly with the back line. Totally. And, but just on the forward line, we're not doing a bad job manufacturing goals, right? I think Fritch is starting to put together a pretty solid season. Um, his goal kicking can still be a bit shaky, but he's looking really good. I mean, he did a bit of a number on Nick Haynes, I thought. I think so. And Nick Haynes is an excellent defender, as yeah. we know, but it sounded like probably Nick Haynes, looked like Nick Haynes probably had too many people to cover right. at the time because Cozzy started, you know, doing Cozzy things. And let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, this is the first time in a long time as a Melbourne supporter. We have one of the most, if not the most, exciting young players in the game, mm. which is just awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and I mean, you could just watch the games just for Cozzy, right? You really don't need anything else. A hundred percent. Like you just sort of, you see him buzzing him around and he's, yeah. it's extraordinary because he's involved in so many score involvements. He's just yeah. so hardworking. I mean, look, he's not a sort of chase down tackle pressure forward. Yet. I don't think yet, yet. at least, yeah. but he's a really incredible goal kicker. And to be honest, that's really what we need at this stage because we were finding it really hard to manufacture goals. And my question was, where are these goals going to come from yeah. in the absence of Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann? No, totally. But even his goal where he stripped the ball away from, from the missed kick in defense, so good. recovered, picked it up with one hand and kicked the goal. Bar-Rail that was body. amazing. That was Betts-like. It really was. It really was. Yeah. yeah. No, we're pretty excited. He, we're he pretty excited so by Cozzy. I'm, I'm just... And, and I he's I, electric. And I don't know if, if you agree, Nates, but I'm starting to feel more excited this year than I was in 2018. And obviously in 2018, we did really well. We made the prelim, whatever. I think I just... I wasn't that excited by some of our, you know, younger players. I mean, obviously we had, you know, some gu- some guns developing like Oliver and Petrarca and Gus or whatever. But there's something about Pickett, 
Rivers and Jackson that is really, really exciting. Well, we love that draft and we've heaped so much praise on Jason Taylor for that draft. And it it really was a stroke of genius to pick Pickett and to trade with North Melbourne. I mean, because that's the thing. I think even when your team isn't doing well, having someone like Pickett just who you know that you could you can you can tune in to watch the game every week just because you know that he'll do something which is truly remarkable right. and unlike any other player in the competition. Well, um, I heard someone saying on one of these football podcasts, maybe just Jake Nile, that he's ahead of where Eddie Betts was at this point in his career. Right, exactly. Which which I'm sure is true because he's just come out so hot. Right? He's done I mean, so last well. year he showed flashes, although he probably was the weakest of those three drafters I think last so. year. Um, but what he's showing this year is is insane. And obviously, look, it's a long season. And as a young player, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets tired or if he gets more attention from the opposition. But, he needs a bit of a rest. But bloody hell, he's good to watch. He, oh, just, he, he makes it so good, doesn't he? He just yeah. makes you smile, I think. Yeah. you know, I, I think that's it. It's just You just get really excited yeah. watching someone like him. And watching Jacko develop. You know, He had yeah. a career-high 15 disposals. He's looking more right? and more. Yeah, he's yeah. looking more and more comfortable in the ruck, I think. Hmm. Um, you know, obviously he's Gorn, competent in the ruck, isn't he? he yeah. is. He's getting there. You yeah. know, he's getting there. I mean, it's mm. going to be a long journey, obviously. But mm. and he was against Flynn. It's not like he was against Nick Natanui. That mm. might be a little bit of a, a bridge too far for him at this stage. But you know, the fact that Gorn could go forward and kick two goals was, I think, a, just a reflection on the fact that I think he does trust Jack, Jacko in the ruck, yeah. which is which is awesome. I mean, it's funny. Gorn did say after the match that he hasn't had a sort of another ruckman that he's like been able to partner with for longer than three games. Yeah. Like, you know, we haven't really had a, a stable backup Ruckman well, really in a long time. Right, right. I mean, we had Jake Spencer. Um, who else do we have? Max King. Proust. Filipovich. Proust. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fairly slim. It's been fairly slim, slim pickings. pickings. But Jacko yeah. just is looking more and more, I think, at yeah. home. Yeah. And, and that's just awesome to watch. And he moves beautifully, as we know. I'm, I'm keen um, to see what happens this week and in some of the other weeks because we've really played three teams in major ruck crises, right? Yeah. I mean, St Kilda had neither of their star ruckmen. The GWS didn't even have Pruce, who's apparently their star ruckman. Um, Don't knock Prucey. We Fre- love Prucey on this podcast. Come on. Fremantle didn't have Darcy. They had some other random guy. No. Um, so and the thing is, Geelong's ruck, ruck stocks aren't that impressive either, to be honest. I mean, mm. they've got Stanley and they'll probably play Blitzards in there a but, bit. But, but Stanley at least is a solid player, right? He's a solid yeah. ruckman. So I think that'll be much more more interesting. And yeah. look, it does seem like most clubs are struggling with rucks at the moment, which is an amazing time to have Gorn in just sensational form. Totally, right? yeah. exactly. And, and he really was best on ground. Another thing that does make me smile mm. is that one of our other most maybe slightly less exciting players, I must say, Christian Petrarca. Less exciting. Well, I mean, I think he is less exciting than Cozzy Pickett at the moment, wouldn't you uh, say? That's more a reflection on Cozzy Pickett. I think I mean, that I'm not... Petrarca so- still looks to me like the best player I'll see in my lifetime for Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Well, look... That's my level of current interest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think... But there's no shame in being less exciting than Cozzy Pickett. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, sure. But but we've also, we've also seen um, Petrarca do this for a while, right? We know what he's capable of doing. And he's getting really consistent. I mean... He wasn't dominating on the weekend, but he's, he's just good every week. And that's another thing we haven't seen as Melbourne fans for a long time either, right? Someone that's just always really good. You're getting very defensive about this and yeah. you're detracting from I don't like your Petrarca I was bashing. I wasn't we bashing. We all remember when you were saying that he was having an average season and only averaging 20 possessions and a goal and is he going to make it, but... Okay, so anyway. what I was actually going to say is one thing I did enjoy that made me smile was obviously this week there were reports from Tony Shaw, who's apparently the oracle on trade news these days. I don't know where that came from, saying that Collingwood was going to go after Christian Petrarca and he sort of went on AFL 360 and seemed to pretty, pretty sort of as much as you can, I suppose, given hmm. um, the media constraints of what people try and, you know, 
what your manager is feeding you. But he seemed to pretty much knock that back. Uh, that that wasn't really going to be the case. Is that right? I don't know. I mean, is that not how you read that? I, I watched only about half of the clip because I just cannot watch Robbo do a full interview. It's, it's too painful. Very painful. But what Petrarca seemed to be saying to me was just that. You know, oh yeah, the team's doing really well. Blah, you know, blah. loving cliche, the boys. Cliche, cliche. Yeah, I've still got a couple of years in my contract, so yeah, the team's doing really well with said, Trino. Well, I mean, he said that about five times. He did. So but, I didn't really see that. Is that convincing? Well, but then after that, he did say that he, um, you know, would love to be a one club player, and that being a one club player would be very special. And Wouldn't I everyone think that, love to be a one club player? Well, I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. true, but not in these, not in this day and age. I think some yeah. people are pretty happy to sort of, you know. I still think if you're a star, you want to be a one club player. Maybe it I think happen, that's true. Like, I did like the fact that they they sort of suggested that his relationship with Scott Pendlebury might be a reason for him moving to Collingwood, and I thought he was he was pretty funny when he was like, "Well, because of their basketball background, well, something like that." And and he sort of said he's like, "Yeah," and I also like have trained with Travis Boak, but that doesn't mean I'm going to Port Adelaide, does it? Yeah. Like, it yeah. is quite a thin basis for assuming that he's going to go to Collingwood. But anyway, I, I think we're suggesting that. My feeling with Petrarca, having a very deep knowledge of his personality mm. and interest. Um, to be fair, his best friend's name is Kieran. Yes. And you have constantly been... I've been jealous about that for a You've been time. jealous of that guy for the past like six years. But through having the name Kieran, I feel like I have some understanding <laughs> of, 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 of Christian, as I call him. Um, and, and, and I do think that he, as long as he's playing well, will and stay the at the club. the team's doing okay. The team, sure. But I think he really... I mean, the truth is, he's a star, right? He needs to be playing well. He needs to be dominating. And you can see he's got a bit of that swagger, right? And even last year when we weren't doing that well, he still looked pretty happy to me. He was pretty up and about because he was playing great. So I think if we can keep his level up, I don't think there's any risk of him going. Yeah. I mean, look, that's the hope. And I do think that if the team... The thing is, we've got so much talent... Like the, the, there is real talent, young talent in this team, mm. and if the team continues, I mean, there has to, been for like ten years. Next, I mean, that's yeah, true. Yeah. But like, look, this this talent which seems to actually be flourishing yeah, is yeah, yeah. what I should say. It's a point, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is probably a better point. You know, yeah. there's there's talent which actually does seem to be flourishing at the moment, mm. and if that talent continues to grow, I don't know why you'd want to abandon ship um, yeah. when that's happening. Uh, but yeah, but this week is a very big week. Cats at the G, massive, and huge. It, and this is to me. Like obviously, I'm really happy that we won the other games, but this is this is the first real test, right? I like, agree. The other teams are what now, like twelfth, fourteenth, and seventeenth. Well, so, the Giants might not win another game for another like five rounds, given their injury concerns. They look shocking. St Kilda was just dismal on the yeah. weekend, and Fremantle's been super patchy and probably a lot worse than most people thought. So, which you know, we still have to beat them, and we did, and we showed some really good signs. But this is, I'm really glad we actually have this game and Richmond in the next three weeks. Yeah. Because I think we can really get a sense of where, of where, where we're the clubs at. at. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk about some of the positives for the game first before we mm-hmm. move to the Cats. Yeah. So what were your positive? What was the Neil Danaher positive for the week for you, Kiz? Well, for me, I'm going to say something that some people might disagree on. I'd say Brayshaw, um, who... Your favourite player, kids. ...is usually kind of a bit of a whipping boy for me, but I think he was pretty solid. And for me, what I thought was very strange, and I have not bothered to do the statistics on this, he did really well in the first half. Um, and he seems to always be a player, even in his really good year, that dominated late in the game. And sometimes when the game was already long gone, you know, often we were winning by a lot and he was playing really well. But I'd say in the first quarter and a bit, he was really, really busy. He was clean. He was hitting targets. Um, he kicked a good good goal near the end there. I don't know. I think that, I think that was that was to me his first quite good game since maybe like two years ago. <laughs> no, but I no, think we that, played a good game last year. I remember. I think a it was good against game. Adelaide but like he's had a pretty something. rough couple of years. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 
Um, for me, twenty three touches in a goal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, for me, it was it was Max Gorn. Of course, you know he was just more obvious choice. Yeah. Well, the more obvious choice, but I do I do love seeing Maxie be the superstar that he is. Yeah. Um, because he is just such a gun and he's mm. such a force. Um, look, I mean, I do think at some point he's going to have to play a real rugby, <laughs> but I did, I do love seeing Maxi go forward and, and kick some yeah. goals. He kicked a couple of behinds as well, but that was yeah. always kind of going to happen. Sure. But no, it, it's, I love seeing Max drift forward. I, you know, I think that, um, it's good to get to a point where we're not relying on Max to also be another defender yeah. and we can actually throw him forward as well as throw him back when need be. So who do you think Neitz is leading the best and first right now? It's a great question. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. Do you know what? I'd say... Oliver must be up there. Yeah, he had a pretty flat game, which we'll he talk about in a minute. But, yeah. but I'd say for consistency, you'd say Gorn. I think so. Uh, Petrarca's been pretty close as well. Yeah, Langdon is actually a bit of a spooky. Yeah, true. Langdon's been good, and, yeah. and we'll get to Langdon in a bit. But yeah. let's let's talk about the negatives mm. from the game, the Mark Neal mm. Award for the negative Nancy. Mm. What did you... Who were your negatives? I mean, clearly Tom McDonald had an absolute shocker, I thought. I mean, he was doing his old thing where he was complaining a lot about to his teammates, about the umpires. He didn't really look near it. He didn't look mobile. It looked like last year again. So I was kind of very confused by the whole thing. And maybe he just had a bad game. But I don't even know who he was playing on because Phil Davis went down. So you can't say he was on like yeah, some superstar true. defender of the competition. Sam or Taylor or something. He was, on, he was he on Sam Taylor? He might have been, but yeah. Well, maybe Sam Taylor was on Jack or maybe it's possible, but... Right, but I don't know. I, I didn't like the look of that. And it's not great timing for McDonald because he's had a really good first two games, especially his first game. But especially if Wiedemann and Brown are not too far away, you know, you'd want him to get get moving. I think so. I mean, eight disposals and a behind is not a great return. Yeah. Um, from that game, you and can I, have an off game. I just, I just didn't like the Davis body language. Yeah. That's what I didn't like the look. You're all about body language, aren't you? Well, I mean, a little bit because you can see when he's doing that that he's not he's not on mm-hmm. right. Like he was he was calling for the most absurd free kicks. He wasn't even near the ball, and he was he was complaining. You know, it wasn't great. Hmm. So for me, it was actually Clayton Oliver in the first half. Hmm. But, you know, he didn't look... <laughs> he looked a little bit grumpy, Clayton Oliver, and he yeah. wasn't playing particularly well. Yeah. And DeBoer really had his measure, actually. Right. But then... Um, Through some pretty dodgy tactics, let's be honest I mean, here. I you've mean, never so been a big fan of DeBoer's uh, tagging, though. No, I mean, he's... Uh, albeit, it's very effective. He's very good at what he does. And I, I kind of believe that every team needs to have a tagger um, that's like that. But... God, I mean, some of the things he was doing, like you could even see on the screen, he was like holding him and grabbing him and not get, and no free kick being paid most of the time. So, but I, I, I do agree with you. I'm a little bit concerned about Oliver and a hard tag because it looked like he, he was almost giving up a little bit. Well, he gave away a couple of free kicks, you know, yeah. he kicked a couple of behinds, like he didn't look particularly happy. Right. Um, and, and, then, and then DeBoer went down and he got 17 possessions in the second half. Right. And he so. lifted considerably. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily thrilled about that. I thought yeah. not necessarily a negative. I mean, he did fight through it, I suppose, albeit though because DeBoer went down. But, yeah. uh, you know, I do wonder about how Clayton Oliver will handle a really, really, really close tag in the right. future because teams will just start putting more work into him, particularly because he started the season very well. You'd think if you're an opposition team for the next few weeks, you would try that again on Oliver, right? Because they usually try it on Petrarca. It doesn't seem to have been working that much. Try it on Oliver. So that's why I think Gus is so important, right? And Viney as well. I mean, Viney looked okay. I mean, he was, he was solid. Well, yeah. He was solid. Um, but Oliver is, I think, clearly the most important of those three to us. Yeah, so if he gets nullified, that'd be a problem. So. Yeah. So let's talk about the Cam Pedersen Award for Unexpected Brilliance. Mm. This award always makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Uh, mine this week goes to Jaden Hunt's dash and possession tally. Yeah. I was quite stunned. He really 
kind of looked a little bit like Langdon, mm. um, which was a... Because they know, stream down the same wing, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they do, actually. Disheveled look about them, yeah. <laughs> and long blonde hair flowing. But yeah. no, look, Jaden Hunt, I mean, as we've said, he's... We've called for him to be dropped for the first two weeks. So just that keep is that true. In mind. He's yeah. had, but he's always had one trick, and that trick is a good one, which is speed. Mm. It's not a bad trick to have. Unfortunately, his kicking at one point was at 33%. Yeah. So the kicking in the sort of... Uh, finesse is, is not necessarily one trick that he does have up his at his disposal. But I was impressed yeah. by the speed. He's such a tricky player to read, isn't he? Because he's so hard at the ball. He works his guts out and, and he has this blistering <laughs> pace, which is such an X factor. But his kicking is still so questionable. And then, But maybe you just have to deal with that. I mean, that's the point the commentators were making. Maybe that's true. Maybe as supporters, we need to be much more kind of... Accepting. Accepting of that, that he's going he's gonna to screw up a bit. But he does bring something that... Not many other defenders can. I mean, Hibbert has a bit of dash as well, but nothing like Not like Hunt. Hunt is electric. He's yeah. so quick. He's lightning. And it is pretty extraordinary to watch when he's dashing through the midfield. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, that was my that was my unexpected brilliance. I still I still kind of like him at half forward. I know we've gone back to the backline thing, but I don't know. I, I, do, I do like him at half forward because I do think in a pressure final, I'd be a bit nervous about his disposal <laughs> in defense. But now what's going to happen, do you think, with, with Hibbert? I mean... Has Hunt just taken that spot? I mean, what did Hibbert do wrong? Yeah, well, it's unclear. I mean, let's let's first talk about the Rowan Bale Award mm. for the most underrated performance, Kieran, before we get into selection issues, which yeah. uh, you can't skip the most important award, arguably, Thank you. of all of them. Thank you. Finally, some recognition. Yeah. Um, so I think this week, I mean, potentially, there's a few candidates. You would say potentially Neil Bullen. You'd have to put Neil Bullen in Neil the mix. Neil Bullen? Yeah. For what? For his incredible pressure, that goal he kicked in the first 10 he seconds. He one goal, 11 disposals, and like maybe four tackles. No, nah, it's tackles. not about stats needs. It's about the pressure he's I've always been on. a stats woman. But we've already given Neil Ball the award this year. I think probably Salem. Um, and only because everyone obviously rates Salem and respects him. But I feel like sometimes he's so consistent that people don't notice him. I mean, as you noted, he got 22 disposals and 91% efficiency. Mm. Did not... Wasted it all. Looked mm. so calm. Didn't Looks like he's got. Vote. Didn't get a coach's vote, right? Has so much more time than anyone else in the field, and mm. kind of gets neglected. I mean, no one's talking about him for Brownlow votes. No, that's true. Um, but he's such a kind of maybe because he's such a quiet guy, you yeah. know. Like he doesn't really carry on much. Yeah, he's a pretty, uh, you know, no nonsense kind of character. I think, and kind of understated character. He just does the job. No he fuss. He really does. He yeah. always does the job. No, yeah. I love Salem. Yeah. Mine would be Bailey Fritch. Fritch, mm. um, you know, three goals, one behind. I yeah. think he. Played pretty well on Nick Haynes. Nick Haynes is a really good defender. Yeah. And I think I think he had his measure. He was leading really well. Yeah, it was good to see. So I think he's our best forward. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think him and Coz are probably in a race at the moment for who's the best forward. I disagree with that. I think Fritch is an absolute jet. I think he can do it on the ground. I think he can do it in the air. I think he's really developing very fast. Um, I think he's a lot better than Tom McDonald. A lot better than Wiedemann, personally. I mean, hopefully Ben Brown comes in and dominates, but... I don't think as supporters we fully appreciate how good this guy's going to be. Mm. Yeah, he's he's been my top three most exciting Melbourne players right wow. now. Would you say that, or am I going? Too no, far? I would say that. I would yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Just obsessed with him. If he once he sorts out his kicking, I don't know who's going to be able to match up. I on do him. get a bit frustrated by his goal kicking because because yeah. it, it is quite erratic, and so you know he kicked pretty well this game, but he's had some moments. Yeah, exactly. Which he needs to improve on. So, Neats, the Geelong game, which is yeah. what we're going to be absolutely obsessing over for huge, the next few days. Huge, Yeah. Yeah, well, especially because they just came off that uh, win against Hawthorne where they didn't look ultra impressive. I mean, it was mm. a pretty dour game from all reports. Um, so, who are the outs for you, Kiz? Well, I mean, look, we keep saying Melksham and Hibbert are going to come in. Yeah. But 
who knows when that's going to happen. I think Melksham will come in. I mean, look, for me, James Jordan, who mm. apparently is a free agent, which I found like quite surprising. So explain to me how that worked. Because my memory is Jordan was drafted around about pick 30 or so couple of years ago yeah but apparently because he got delisted last season and, right. then and then re-rookied now he's a free agent okay which i find really i never realized that was a rule but i was like wow, do you think geez. the clubs are circling yeah well that's Could what i was be. thinking maybe but anyway so james jordan he was pretty he's been pretty solid i mean he got what 15 possessions or so i don't think he got that many but um we'll have to okay. check the stats sheet on that one but jetta had nine disposals and no tackles and i think that yeah. jetta's tackling pressure was always the thing that i was the most impressed by when he was sort of at the top of his game um, yeah. So I think Jetta's problem is it is very telling that after Toby Green kicked his first goal, they moved May onto him yeah. pretty much immediately. And Green still yeah. demolished us, and, really. And, but... and May probably had one of his weakest games I can remember, which is which is unusual as well. But Jetta, that's that's a lack of confidence because so. a year or two ago, Jetta is going to go to the small forward and the lock whole game. him down, yeah. and there's no chance. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, Tom Sparrow only had four disposals, so he had a yeah. bit of a quiet game. Four disposals. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. Yeah. So it wasn't it, it wasn't that compelling. I think, you know, Melksham and Hibbard should come in. Hmm. Um, but we've been saying that for weeks now. I think maybe yeah. that they will just roll the dice with Melksham maybe at this stage for one of those players. We still th- need some more precision into the forward. I line, agree. Right? Like, you know, Sparrow and Jordan, I'm really happy with. I think they're showing a lot. But, you know, they're not demanding a spot in the team right now. I and mean, Melksham has, has done a lot. He's got a lot of runs on the board. I'd bring him in for a big game again like this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann are going to play in the VFL this week, it seems. That's huge. Which is really big. It seems to have happened quite quickly. I think so. I think yeah. they said something about them playing the VFL though this week, which is yeah. really exciting um, if, if all goes to plan, which is great. Mm. Um, so predictions. The Cats this week are without Dangerfield, mm. which is helpful. Though Menegola is, is a strong And without Rowan return. as well, right? And without Rowan. I mean, but Rowan is, you know, yeah. flaky at best. I mean, I was never a fan of Rowan at the Swans, yeah. and I've been even less of a fan of him at, the, at, at Geelong. So Isn't he kind of hated it within the club, or is that just the, the rumours on AFL trade news? you spent too much time on... <laughs> you spent too much time on Reddit forums reading about, yeah. like, Tom Hawkins and Gary Rowan's, like, internal cats, internal cat fights. Yeah, well, it sounded pretty intense, but... Um, putting that aside, okay, so no Dangerfield, no Rowan, but you said Menegola. Menegola is a strong chance to return. He's a very good player. Very yeah. good player. So yeah. that's that's not helpful. Sean Higgins is probably out. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I think that we'll win, actually. Mm. This is very positive of me and probably right. a little bit too optimistic maybe, but I think we'll win by 20 points. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, for me, I think that Geelong is like... What, watching the highlights in, in, of Geelong against Adelaide, hmm. they are an older team. They are yeah. genuinely quite an old team. And their midfield is... is I mean, Guthrie had like 43 possessions, and but it's a, it is an aging list. And I do think if we can match them for speed or at least beat them for speed even, I think that we could be pretty in a pretty good spot. Hmm. And I really and I really believe in our defence. You know, I really believe that May and Lever can hold their own against Tom Hawkins. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I like the confidence. I probably disagree on this one um only because i think we've had this quite soft run which maybe means it's a bit tough to go straight into a really tough game against uh, the cats because they've had a bit of a harder run right i mean obviously everyone thought adelaide would be terrible they turned out to be quite good then they had that epic game against brisbane and then they had which they shouldn't have really won which they shouldn't have really won but then and then they had Hawthorne, just a solid team um i don't know maybe it'll just be too big a step up from gws's you know mediocrity so I think we'll lose, but it'll be close. Our games against them are always really, really close. Mm. And if we pull this off, I think you start to get properly excited, right? Oh, the lid will be off. Yeah. There will be no lid in yeah. this building. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
And also the AFL women's. Yes. Um, so Daisy Pierce is apparently in this race against time to be back for the prelim. She is. She's trying to make it back in time for the prelim. And so it's kind of a little bit of a Bob Murphy kind of, it, it has potentially mm. the sort of inklings of being like a Bob Murphy, not being able to captain his own team right. in the finals, which would be devastating for her. So fingers crossed. That would be tragic, but she seems like Bob Murphy to be the most reasonable person in the world who like, would unbelievably make so. the best of it. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of exciting stuff up ahead for the D's. Um, we will be back next week. Um, we're very nervous, like all of you. And hopefully we'll be celebrating the first 4 and 0 start since 1995. Wow, good stuff, Which Dad. was a premiership year, wasn't it? I guess not. 1995. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay, <laughs> uh, but until next week, go Dees. Go Dees.